Welcome to the Mark Explains Podcast, where we discuss anything from science and faith to politics, aliens, sex, and everything in between. My name is Mark, and I'm the host of this podcast, along with my best friend, Ashlyn. I am a chemist and geoscientist, and I studied at Michigan State University, but I am also a former evangelical worship leader, and I also did search and rescue from the back of a helicopter in the U.S. Coast Guard stationed all the way in Alaska over a decade ago. My life is replete with really unique stories and connections with the most unique people on this planet. And my goal in this podcast is to bring those conversations to as many of you as I can, and to hopefully bring laughter, peace, knowledge, and healing to all of you that listen. Welcome to the Mark Explains Podcast. What? It's not just, oh, that was a room, yeah, it was. I remember it too. You're Googling it right now, aren't you? Shazam. S-H-A-Z-A-A-M. The movie. Yep. Shazam the movie. And you're going to realize it's a Mandela effect. You never actually watched the movie. Wait. We found Simbad's Shazam genie movie. IMVD. It's fake. They, what are I, you talking I about? Scroll down a little bit. I went scroll down this wormhole. I, I definitely went the down man, the Mandela effect. It's not. Th- it, it was never a movie. It was never a movie. What was it? I, uh, was it like a promotion that was on TV? All, that all of us, all of us collectively agree that it was a thing, but no, it never existed. It's like it's like what in the fuck also, is going on with this? That cannot be. True. Also, I need to turn that down. Also, uh, the. the you know how I know, right? That's nice. So you're gonna you're gonna turn this right towards your gullet. My um, gullet. Oh, um, just like uh, is this on? Yeah. Um, just like uh, Darth Vader never said, "Luke, I am your father." Well, he didn't say it like that. No, you know what he said? No. No, no I am your father. No, I am your father. Yeah. He, he never say he Luke. never says Luke. I knew that. Wait. There's a, a clip of Shazam. It's not it. That's a clip from something else. Yeah. For step one, check the source. <laughs> College humor is not a good source. <laughs> what do Wait. You mean? This, How could this, this not be it? This Breitbart article says... Just That's kidding. not it. He like a... Pe- wait, wait. Oh, there Where, he is. Yes. That's a clip. Where's the movie? But what is it a clip from? Uh, it could be literally people just making it up. But when did... Sinbad have a the genie costume on. It could He's be, it could have been, could have been for a commercial. Oh my god! It could have been for anything. If that's the clip, where's the movie? I'm having a it very hard the, time accepting it, this. What most people remembered from that was the like poster. Yeah, that's what I said. I was like, like I remember this. the movie yeah, poster. I remember like the image is yeah. in my head. No, I remember it too. But it is. It's not a thing. It's not a thing at all. So what should we do to like limit the uh, clunky sounds? No, I wouldn't actually touch that. Sorry. Yeah, because your cord is. I was gonna lean forward though. Oh I yeah, you can. It. No, it's perfect. Actually, you're supposed to be about one fist away. I feel like. I think I'm good. Mine oh, wow. is. I'm not close enough. Yeah. There we go. Check, check, check. Yeah. Um. I write about the Mandela effect in the book. You do. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, of course but you pretty do. Pretty much anything that's weird on this planet I write about. And I went through, oh, like Fruit of the Loom, the the little brand logo. Yeah. You know how there's like a, it's like a basket of fruit. Is it? When it has like a big cornucopia behind it. It's like fruit that's sitting in a, in a sideways Maybe. basket, like spilling out, right? 
I don't know if I remember the basket. Vaguely remember that. I feel I, like I, I thought remember like a just, vine. I thought it was like fruit sitting in a basket. That's what my brain remembers. There's no basket. It's just a pile of fruit. There's nothing. Oh, I thought it was like fruit on a like a like. I thought vine. it was in a basket. I remember people dressed in fruit outfits, maybe what? for a commercial or something. Also, here's another one. You know Annie uh, Smooth Criminal. The song? Yeah. And, yeah. and at the end of the chorus, it goes, you've been hit by, uh, you've been struck by uh, yeah. a smooth criminal. Yeah. That's not what it says. What's it say? It says, you've been hit by, you've been hit by a smooth criminal. It says hit by twice. I know everyone remembers it struck. You mean It goes, lyrics? you've been hit by, uh, you don't you've discuss this in by, the book, do you? Uh, a, stru- a smooth criminal. Yeah, I do. You write about Annie or Yoga? Uh, uh, I don't know if I write song? about that one. Um, well, the, the what if what if he performed it live and said Different. struck? And, yeah, and that's possible. Lyrics say hit. It's I mean, there's certain there. songs that like I just get wrong. Like, well, you I know, mean, well, you know the term the bucket list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that term didn't exist before the movie The Bucket List. Oh come on! Look it up. No way. Yeah, that's been uh, Mede- that's Mandela effect to us. Yeah, like it's been fed to us like we've learned it our own life, but no. That that term came along when the movie came out. I feel like that movie isn't that old, but it probably is it's old. I think it's old. twenty years old, maybe. Morgan Freeman and Jack Nicholson. Mid two thousands. Yeah, it's old. Yeah, the bucket list. And in in your brain, you're like, no, that's just like a term that's been around for like a century, right? Nope. Hmm. Nate really likes learning about the origins of phrases. Old that timey we use. phrases that don't make any sense on like their the own. other day. I Ooh. told him that I would I was gonna have a conniption fit. <laughs> and he was like, "What? My mom used to say that." I was like, "That's exactly where I got that term. It was from my mom who used I've to say." I've never it. heard that. What? what? So we looked conniption up conniption fit. fit. Yeah. It means tantrum. And then we looked up the origin of it. And it was like from the 1800s, the late 1800s, yeah. when like a president that was supposed to make an appearance didn't, and somebody in the town had a conniption. Oh wow! Or something. Yeah. And well, you know, do you know the term "blood is thicker than water" and yeah. what it originally means? No. Ooh. Well, no, I mean... Oh, this is spectacular. I, I mean, I, I know what it's supposed to mean now, like, but the origins of it, I have no idea. I think the, the, what it means now is like family is more important than friends, right? Yes. The origin, the origin of the saying is the blood of the bond is thicker than the water of the womb. Meaning that if you do a blood bond, like, like the brothers in army, would, they would cut their hands and do a blood bond. Uh-huh. They're saying that connection is more sacred than like family. So it actually means the exact opposite. Ooh, interesting. Than what do it does currently. Do you guys have currently. a blood brother, or so, do you have a blood sibling? I have a blood. I have a blood brother from when I was a kid. I do too. Yeah, Nate. Like we cut our hands and shook hands. Do you or know? Whatever. Did you know what that was? Blood brothers. You cut your hand and you shake. Oh, hands. Oh yeah, I've seen that before. Yeah, I, I did. did I you never ever did it. it. You no. never did it. You don't no. have any blood brothers. Mm, no, we Wait, would spit, spit but oh. we didn't do blood. Blech. <laughs> Spit is actually not that's, as gross as blood yeah, when you think about way it. I feel like the, I feel like the, the <laughs> blood brothers would be against it's COVID more like limitations these they days. They all would be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're thinking about it when you were a kid, but I, like that that's what it was when it was uh I th- I think like early soldiers like World War 2, World War 1, they would do like blood bonds. Interesting. And yeah, the blood of the bond is thicker than You the could write a whole moon. book on like those kind of old-timey phrases. Yeah. And, and I would be I would buy it like to read where it all came from, the yeah. origins of everything. Like kick the bucket and I can't even think of them offhand, but we'll be watching something and I'll be like, "Ooh, that's a good one." Like I want to <laughs> and I start googling it to see like where it came from and how it originated. I love that shit. That's actually really interesting. <laughs> so, but 
Brandy and Nate, thank you for coming on the podcast. Have you been recording this whole time? Probably. Of There's course. A red light on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course I've been recording this entire time. I always record early because you never know what good conversations go. Right. Um, you both have been on my podcast before, but neither of you in person. So this is really cool. Brandy, you were on the second episode. That was a very long time ago. Arguably my favorite episode. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was it was so fun because uh, we talked about um, mountains and rivers and valleys. Yeah. It was really fun. And then, Nate, you were on the Paranormal Podcast. Oh, that's right. Yes. And that, to date, has been the most popular episode that I have put out. That's of course. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm honored. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> that one and then the second most popular one was the one I did on vaccines and COVID mm. stuff. Timely. Because I think that was just uh, um, controversial. Like, people want to listen to controversy stuff. Yeah. You know? I probably want to know where you sat, too. People are very curious about what are your thoughts. Oh, what are your thoughts on yeah. this? Like, are, are you the saying? same as me? Are you pro-mask? Are you anti-mask? Let me judge yeah. you. <laughs> Let me make a quick assumption. <laughs> Is there an opportunity to judge somebody on this podcast? Ooh, yeah. Sign me up. Sign up. Yeah, I did a, I did a whole episode. I called it the Written House Effect, uh, which was um, where I did the, the concept was why why is it so easy to figure out where people stand politically depending on what they post? Mm-hmm if that post has nothing to do with politics. Yeah. And and that made me upset. And I started like letting it just marinate for a while. And I was like, I'm gonna do a whole episode on this because like people were talking about Kyle Rittenhouse when Kyle Rittenhouse has nothing to do with politics, but you could tell where they stood politically depending on their post. And I was like, that bothers me. Uh. Um, And so I ended up doing an entire post on that. Um, That one was fairly popular as well. People, they like the People controversy. Are People are charged about politics. They're pre-charged, yeah, yeah which is interesting. Polarized. Very polarized. Sure. Um, the clickety-clacks would be... <laughs> Sorry. Kaibab the lab. <laughs> oh, and, and also the knocking <laughs> of her <laughs> en- enormous was... lab tail. Kai, Do we need to uh, yeah, put she, her away? She might need to... Okay. Go to her house for a little while. Okay, you guys go play tug in the corner. This, this is spectacular. You're literally <laughs> hearing the dog. You're literally hearing her tail right now. She's a happy dog. I gotta take you away. Kai, you're playing the table table bongos. This is the funniest thing. Okay, let's go. Oh, that's so funny. I'm keeping all of that in this episode. It's absolutely spectacular. And the cameo by Kai Beb. No, oh, go get your treat. Oh, she's back. She's back. Go get your treat. Cool. She wants nothing to do with it. She's on to you. Yep. Deep breath. How do you feel? Uh, like physically? Yeah. Emotionally? In what capacity? All the capacities. In one word, in one phrase, the dog is about to come in the other door. Think so? Yes, a thousand percent. Um, I feel okay. I have, bad the I, line I, has I don't been know if secured. I have language. You do, you don't have language for how you feel. I, mean, I can't believe it, that. It changes all the time. 
Really? Yes. Yeah, so if you would have asked me five minutes ago, I probably would have had a different answer in, than what I feel in this exact moment. That's in this though. exact moment, I feel like I feel a responsibility to encapsulate a really beautiful but really honest experience of what it means to be a pregnant woman in your late 30s in 2023, which yeah. I'm like, how do I honor all of that and keep it real and also grab all of the things, yeah. all, the, all of the feelings, because it's, you know, it's not all one way all the time. Well, it's it's really interesting. So the whole premise of this podcast was to take a snapshot in a very unique period of both of your lives mm-hmm. where, um, Brandy, you are pregnant for the first time and you're 38 years old. Nate, how old are you? I'm 44 now. I'll be 45 when the baby's born. So 45, 38. And you just turned 38, by the way. Happy birthday. Thank you. A couple days. Thank you. A few days ago. Um, what, are you a, a Capricorn? I'm a Capricorn. Capricorn. Yep. Yeah. Are you impressed that I know? what you are <laughs> i mean you're zero yes. percent surprised zero percent i'm not surprised but i am impressed yeah yeah there you go i'm a capricorn i think sun aries and Ooh. there's virgo in my chart somewhere too yeah so that's why we get along probably yeah um not that I actually Nate believe in any head. of that stuff. Yeah, I don't. I saw a meme. The, I saw a meme the other day. Where are my guy. girls at? Where are my astro girls at? <laughs> or, I, or I saw anybody's. a meme. It was a, a text thread, and this guy was like, um, "I'm getting used to this astro bullshit." And it, it said, "It showed a, a text message," and this girl's like, "Babe, I don't feel great." And he goes, "Well, you are a Libra, and it's Tuesday." And she goes, "You know what? You're right." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna use that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was fair. so funny. Fair. Um, but this season is—I uh, mean, you guys have this once, and I don't know it personally because I've never been uh, in a relationship or I've never had a kid, so I don't know what that's like. Um, but I hear the time goes fast and slow, and uh, there are things that you likely won't remember because mm-hmm. everything is going so fast and also so slow at the same time. And so we have an opportunity here to kind of encapsulate feelings, stories, emotions that you might forget at a later point. Yeah. But also to give voice to people that might go through something similar mm-hmm. and what it's like, um, because this is a unique experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted you guys, I wanted to give you guys a chance to tell the story of what it's been like. Yeah, I can tell part of the story. And Nate, I mean, you have your own perspectives of I gotta let Mama go what first. the story <laughs> is for you. Um, I guess to start, you know, at the start, we never expected to have kids. Really? Yeah. Um, we were told that we wouldn't be able to have kids. Now you like How long have you two been married? We've been married one year. We just celebrated our first anniversary. Just celebrated your first? But we've been together since 2017, May of 2017. Did you guys ever talk about having kids? We talked about it as a concept or maybe one day or do you want kids or what might that look like? Um, But we never really like tried to conceive until later, like way later in our relationship when we started thinking, well, if we're going to... If we're going to do it, we might as well see if it's possible. Um, you know, this would be the time. Right. Um, and so we 
you know, I went in and had my IUD removed probably two years ago, mm-hmm. um, but didn't like do, I didn't do any ovulation tracking or really anything like that. We were just leaving it to like, maybe, mm-hmm. um, until about, I would say the beginning of last year, beginning of 2022, right after we got married, I think we were both really like, kind of tired of living in the question mark and more of like, can we, or can we not, right? Are there things that we should be changing about our lifestyle that would either help or hinder, um, the chances of this happening? We just wanted to learn more. I don't think either one of us had actually explored our physical selves in the reproductive areas of like, are we capable? Um, so we started going to doctor's appointments and tweaking things and, um, getting testing done and, we were just told that at the end of it, um, probably April of last year, that it like the chances of us conceiving without fertility treatments was like zero. Um, and we had now was that was it heartbreaking or was it like you were just like, well, it is what it is or a mixture. I think there was like something really. I can I I can let Nate speak on this too because I think for him it was a little bit different, but I think for me learning that my body could or could not do something there was a little bit of like a finality to it which felt like Mm. a relief to in some degree but then there was also like a oh well you know is my body broken in some way Mm. you know like um and maybe there was like a little bit of of a grief moment of things that like maybe would never happen and you know sometimes i think when for me at least when i live in like this possibility of oh it could maybe happen and then like when that finality happens yes with relief there's also like a grieving mm-hmm. um to some degree of like a future that maybe i had visualized once or twice before that mm-hmm. wasn't going to come to fruition um i think for nate the experience was a little different yeah i mean um a little more backstory i mean we we were kind of wavering on whether we even wanted to have kids before we even got any testing done we were like yeah we could see ourselves with kids and then we were like you know maybe not maybe like <laughs> let's you know that's a whole that complete obvious life change like yeah. totally um, we want to travel and do all this stuff and then um, I think yeah at one point we we're like well let's see if we can even have them and then we'll decide if we should try and I, I think that we were both like on the fence a bit about whether or not we even wanted to have them and I know that I wanted to know if it was even possible. Of course, she had the IUD, and then once that was pulled, we had some some tests. And when Brandy says tests, it wasn't invasive really at all. It was it was you know blood work, just blood, blood work, work yeah. you know. And and then there was like a couple tweaks here, maybe just try this pill. And then they're like, well, sorry, you know, if unless you do this and that, nothing's gonna happen. And we were like, I think we kind of decided like, okay. Like, we're gonna, this yeah. is our life now. We won't have kids and we'll have, we'll get another dog. And we were <laughs> actually, I'll never forget it. We were in the pool and, um, we were kind of having like a, like a, what felt like a capped conversation. Like this is going to be the final, we're going to screw the cap on and this is like, this will be it. Yeah. Um, and there were things that like certain supplements that we had been taking prior to, um, trying to conceive or like learning about conception for ourselves that, you know, some of our doctors had recommended we come off from, um, in order to make the chances more likely. And we liked those supplements and how they made us feel. And so we were talking like, well, should we get back on them then? Should we just, you know, there's certain like acne medications that I wanted to take that would not have been advisable to do if you're trying to conceive. And it's just like, well, do we resume life as usual, you know, and like kind of just put this behind us now. 
And there was just something that didn't feel right about that to me, you know, and I was like, mm. likely, yes. So we'd be able to do this. And I, I told him, I was like, let's, let's wait until I'm 40. Let's mm. like put like, let's wait and just see if anything just happens. And this um, is after the conversation. This is after, this the doctors, after the doctors. This was like after we realized that like it was not going to happen. We were pretty much like settled in our heads that like our life moving forward, we're going to visualize it as a childless couple mm -hmm. and we're just going to plan accordingly instead of trying to visualize what it would be like to have children. And but I would so, say that we were not heartbroken. By we weren't the news. heartbroken by the news, but yeah, it just that, that final conversation of like, this is going to be the last and we're going to resume life as usual mm -hmm. and like get back on all of these, you know, things that we were doing before something just felt like, mm, let's leave a little bit more room for possibility. And it wasn't more than three months. Yeah, it wasn't more than three months after that, that we and we couldn't believe it. Learned we were pregnant. And so we did not, like, we couldn't there were some it. early signs, and neither one of us were like, oh, it's pregnancy. <laughs> she was sick. I'm like, you're just hungover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. But no. We, my sense of smell was, like, really crazy. Yeah. Super I was going to ask you, what, what was the first thing, the first physiological change you noticed within yourself that made you go, hmm, uh -huh. I, I mean, other than, like, my um, cycle not being on time. Um, you know, that to me, I was working with a, a physical personal trainer and he was a previous OBGYN. And I mentioned to him because, you know, we worked together four days a week. I'm like, Hey, I'm feeling a little tired. You know, I don't know. I'm, I'm late. You know, I'm thinking maybe I'm just, and he's like, yeah, you should take a pregnancy. You should take a pregnancy test. And I was like, no, you know, I'm not pregnant. And he was like, yeah, you know, we do work out quite a bit and your body, you know, women's bodies change quite a bit in terms mm -hmm. of their cycles. So you could just be, it just be, could be the work that we're doing. And so I didn't really think much of it. Like, yeah, you're probably right. And then we took a trip not long after, maybe two weeks after to Cancun, Cancun. And we were on the plane, and that's, I think, the first time that I actually realized, like, something feels different. But really? I still didn't attribute it to pregnancy. Um, I've traveled a lot uh, by plane, and I've never been motion sick. And that was the first time I was, like, looking in the little cubby in the seat back in front of me for, like, where's that little get sick bag, just in case. Um, wow. And so I, like, made sure that it was there. And... I was like, maybe I'll just walk it off. And I got up to go to the bathroom and came back and there was a woman eating an apple several rows in front of where we were seated. And I could smell her apple like crazy. And I sat down next to Nate and I was like, man, that lady's apple is so strong. I'm like, do you smell that apple? And he's like, I mean, yeah, a little bit, maybe. And so I'm like, oh, okay. I just brush it off. Like, I'm not crazy. He can smell the apple too. Just as like a really juicy, Barely. juicy apple. Um, and then, you know, we get to Cancun. We do all the, can we get, we do all the Mexico stuff. We do We're all eating the stuff oysters. Do I'm drinking wine, you know, <laughs> margaritas on the beach, all the stuff. And we took a day trip. Um, where do we go? Uh, we went to Tulum. Tulum. And on the car ride there, I was just like miserable. Like, I am hot. I am sick feeling. What is going on? Maybe I just need food. We pulled over. I'm like head in my like hand trying to eat these tacos. Felt a little bit better. And on the way back, I took a nap. Just like straight up in the car, not sightseeing. I'm like, I need to lay down. Um, and we got home on a Sunday. I went to work on that Monday and just decided, you know what? I'm just going to figure it out. Um, went to Walgreens, bought a pack of two pregnancy tests, like the ones that are neon lights, you know, pregnant, not pregnant, and fully written out. 
none of those lines where you can't tell <laughs> what it's mm-hmm. telling you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I came home and took it and yeah, the first one said pregnant. And I mean, like you said, I'm a 38 year old woman. That's not the first pregnancy test I've ever taken or the first time my cycle has been questionable and it's, I've never had a positive pregnancy I'll say, is test. That, uh, that was my next question was, is this the first? First positive pregnancy test I've ever seen. And so I'm like, okay, um, well, maybe it's a false positive. Maybe, you know, maybe these tests are not exactly great, right? And so I called Nate first and was like, uh, guess what? This is what this pregnancy test says. And what, are you serious? I'm like, uh-huh. He's like, well, take the second one and call me back because he's at work. So I, I hang up what with was, him. What was your first thought? Honestly, I thought no, it was a false positive. Yeah. I mean, we had just been told that we can't have kids and we didn't really change anything. And so yeah. I was like, oh, you know, she she's missed her, her cycle or her cycle's off and she's not feeling well. So she obviously wanted to take a test. And I thought, no, she's going to take the second one. And it's going to say something different. And then we're probably going to have to go to the doctor and get the blood drawn and all to tell us that she's not pregnant. That's what I thought on that first phone call. Yeah. But like 5% like kind of excited. Yeah. I didn't want to get too excited because I didn't want to get disappointed, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of how I always lived my life too um, prior was just, I guess, I mean, we could probably get into the psychological <laughs> profile of that, but um, not expecting the best, right? Like, yeah. oh, if I don't get excited about this, then I can't be heartbroken. Um, but then I, I get off the phone with him and I call my brother in Michigan and I'm like, dude, this pregnancy test has positive. I'm freaking out. Like, what did I, you know, and he's like, calm down, just chug some water and take the second one. So I chugged a glass of water. I went and took the second one, came back pregnant again. And I'm like, okay, okay. So I called Nate again. And, um, I had already actually called my OB at that point, um, prior to calling him. And I was like, hi, guess what? You all told me I couldn't get pregnant and I'm staring at two positive pregnancy tests at home. So, I want to get blood drawn to either confirm or deny. Um, when can you get me in? And they were like, well, you can come in right now, basically. It was 2.30 when I took the test, and they told me to come in at 3.15. Wow. So I Super call up Nate. convenient. Yeah. yeah That's unheard of from what so I read. I call up Nate, and I'm like, hey, so I called the OB, and we're going to do blood tests. And I asked them when we were on the phone, you know, how long is the turnaround time on blood work? And they told me five to seven days. So I'm thinking like, oh, oh my gosh, that's so long. Yeah. They told me five to seven days. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, I'm just going to go get my blood. And then like, we'll find out in a week or whatever. That so, would be the longest five to seven oh days. Oh my gosh. Of longest yeah. ever. <laughs> longest <laughs> ever. So, but he, you know, thank God, um, was like, oh, well I can make it. I'll come with you. And at first I'm like, well. You don't really need to rush home. Of it's course, just, I dropped everything and ran home. It's just a blood test. They're not going to be able to tell me anything. And, and the reason I say thank God he was able to do it is because when we get in, you know, what most, many, probably all pregnant women will be able to attest to is you pee, the first thing they have you do is you pee in a cup, sure. right? Um, every single appointment. And so they must have seen something or my HCG levels in the urine sample because it wasn't like, oh, let's do the blood work now. It was, oh, you know, the doctor will see you. And we were like, oh, okay. I don't know what not, was going not on. expecting that at all. And she's like, yeah, we're just going to have a quick look. And I'm like, quick look. Okay. And so they wheel in an ultrasound machine and we're like, oh, you know, we're, we're like looking on ultrasound and she, you know, does the ultrasound and turns the screen around and shows us a heartbeat. There's our baby. Holy cow. So we, like, were, we, we went from like, maybe we're pregnant. I don't know, to looking at our child. Holy yeah. cow. Yeah. So it was abrupt and it was a shock, but it was, it was so good. It was a good up in shock. the morning, work day, normal pregnancy <laughs> tests, like 45 minutes later, heartbeat. So like very like, whoa, yeah. whole world just changed in like the course of maybe an hour. 
um, from Discovery. So it was crazy. I feel like it probably didn't really hit us right away at all. Probably not for a while after that, like yeah. days or even weeks. We were not we like, prepared. What? Um, but we <laughs> were very excited. They printed out photos for us and we were just, it was a crazy day. We went and got pizza and went to his parents' house that night. Mm-hmm. And Do we, we, we should probably mention what else we saw on the ultrasound. <clears throat> yeah. So there was one heartbeat, but there was also a, um, like a yolk sack is I guess the way that they describe it, um, for a second potential embryo. Um, but it didn't have a heartbeat. So that means it's a different age. Or a different timeline? So often. Interesting question there. It is. Um, we're, we are learning a lot. So like if there's somebody listening here and I'm getting this wrong, uh, forgive me. But, you know, from what I remember at that time period, they were two different gestational measurements. Okay. So they do age in terms of size early in pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the one that had a heartbeat um, was at like five weeks six days, I believe, gestational. And the one that did not have a heartbeat was tracking, I think, like one week behind in terms of its growth and like where it was at. So, so in, a, in a sense, your body released two eggs at two different times. Potentially. That was potential because there were, there were two different sacks that they were in. Also, so. props for having sex a lot. That's <laughs> awesome. That's great. Yeah. I mean, what's up? What's up? One of those would be a a Mexico baby. No, no, it was before Mexico. We were pregnant in Mexico. We were pregnant, unfortunately, while we were in Mexico. I had no idea. Doing all the terrible Mexico stuff. Sorry, baby. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. We we did end up getting another ultrasound a week later, and the second sack had a heartbeat at that time. So, So we were in full. We're having twins. We're having twins. We're having twins. Yeah. And fraternal twins. Yes. We found out later that, yes, fraternal. They would have been because they were in separate. Separate separate eggs. Yeah. And so if they were together, then they would have been. I think right around that point, maybe shortly after is when I got a text. I felt very honored Mm -hmm. to be in the very small circle of people that probably heard. It was small. It, it, it was very small, and I, I did such a good job. No, no Facebook posts. <laughs> I didn't, I did, and I actually, I'm notorious for telling everything on podcast. Like, uh-huh. I just share information. Yeah. It's like my one safe spot uh, comparatively to being very guarded in uh-huh. real life. Um, but I didn't, I didn't say anything. I'm so proud of myself. Yeah. And you know, we realized that we were sharing really early with a small yep. circle. Um, most people, you know, not most. Some women choose not to share. Some couples choose not to share um, until they've reached, you know, the twelve-week mark, or even you know, finished out the first trimester completely. But we just knew that if something um, <clears throat> didn't go the way that we wanted it to, we'd want to be able to lean into our network yeah. and our, our close people and not have to start from the beginning. So we did cho- choose to tell people early on. But yes, so we were carrying. Two heartbeats. Twins. We were carrying mm-hmm. twins for wow. a so few you went, weeks. So you went in like a week and a half from partying in Mexico, yeah. parents or a uh, married couple that's just going to live out dogs. Th- their lives, dogs, have, dogs, have yeah. fun, to all of a sudden 
yeah. pregnant with twins. And it's funny too, because the dog, the dog situation, we had mm-hmm. actually gone to all of the different shelters and humane societies the weekend prior to us leaving for Mexico. Oh and we fell in love with a few different puppies and wanted to get them. But we decided we'll come back and see if they're still here after we get back from oh Mexico. So we God. were like ready to get another dog. <laughs> we're ready for dog number two. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Like we were talking we about dog mind. names and everything. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so once we learned we were pregnant, we were like, well, maybe not the best yeah, time yeah, to get another yeah. puppy. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, you know, I mean, we were excited and we were honestly thinking, you know, like, oh, one and done. This child will have a sibling. Like, let's get it. So mm-hmm. we were excited about the the possibility of twins. Also terrified. Um, I'm 5'2". And was like, how is my body going to handle carrying twins? But, you know, <laughs> plenty of women do it. So, um, yeah. And then, you know, it's, it's actually a pretty common thing that happens sometimes. Um, it's called vanishing twin. Um is it a syndrome? What do they call it? What's at the end of that? I don't know. Vanishing twin. Um, so it was around nine or 10 weeks gestation. Um, we had an ultrasound and yeah, it just showed that there was only one heartbeat. So we knew that that was a possibility the whole time. Um, you know, it was sad. It was sad. It was a sad, it was sad. Um, and we learned we learned a lot, you know. I learned about the phrase or the terms um, sunset baby and sunrise mm. baby. And like that was kind of, you know, some sweet moments uh, in those next few weeks watching sunrise and sunset and being able to attribute mm. it to, um, you know, just those, those little uh, lives. And I would say it's our baby's like origin story and it yeah. makes it a little more unique. Like this is sort of a. You know, you can use say the word miracle if you want, but it's it's a a baby that wasn't supposed to be like mm-hmm. all, beat all the odds, and mm-hmm. you know, doctors saying you can't have, and then you know, the twin in in utero doesn't make it, and mm-hmm. you know, like there was a sketchy period there. You know, I would say, you know, first of all, we've never been pregnant, so we we don't know anything, any kind of a headache she gets or feeling or this. We're like, should we go to the oh, ER? ER or we what's actually going did on? end up going to the ER we, for a headache. We went to the ER for a headache. So <laughs> most expensive headache I've ever had. Yeah. So you know, Google is your friend, but it can also be your enemy. Yeah, right? for so sure. I did call my OB, ladies, and they directed me to go to the ER. <laughs> she did. She did. But that there was a sketchy period there, you know, where it's very early and you're not sure. I mean, you lost one, and we were told that the chances of losing the other one were increased because you lost the one yeah we didn't know if she was going to miscarry the first one it ended up just being you know absorbed into her body yeah right? um so you know it just feels like this baby has had an uphill climb so far and i kind of love that that's his story early. yeah he's a resilient he's a boy he's a resilient he a yes we keep saying he um <laughs> it's a boy uh, he's resilient and it really led us to, you know, that's like he said, the origin story, but also, and we're not going to disclose this information right now, but that is how we landed on his name. Do you want to share the name and I'll bleep it out? <laughs> that would share be... the name, our family. I don't think. Or I can wait familiar. to release this podcast till after you go. No, that's okay. We could share the name and you could bleep it out. That would be funny. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of alliteration, as you could probably tell from my Instagram handle. Lots of R's in that. Um, our last name is Roberts, so we are naming him Rebel Rain Roberts. Oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> little hope, little defiant one with some he, nature in there. Yeah, <laughs> with some nature. Yeah, oh. we, we, we had a, quite a list going. We had a lot of names, and a lot of them were 
you know, what I guess my parents would call non-standard names. There were no, you know, Joes or Toms or Mikes in there or anything like that. It what was... name did not make it, but almost did? Oh, there's a few. Oh, that's a good question. I still have the list. That's in her, uh, we have a book too, um, a baby book that says, it's sort of to capture memories, kind of sure. like this podcast. Yeah. And it asks you, what were some of the names that didn't make it? And we did have quite an extensive list and Brandy's looking it up right now. Oh, good I titled God. it Baby Names I Don't Hate. <laughs> 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 um, and the ones that like, I think we were talking about the most were, um, I liked August a lot. I liked Ooh. Atlas. Um, Ooh, I have not met a person named Atlas before. I thought it would That's be cool really almost shit. like indie. Um, Nate really liked um, Bryce. Um, we were talking about like an like a Everest. Um, we talked about Forest quite a bit. I think he was close. I think he was close to being named Forest. He was close really? to being named uh-huh. Forest. Um, I love that name for many reasons. And yeah. we love the movie as well. Yeah, <laughs> Forest Gump all day every day. But well, then also well, Forest. Forest yeah. Whitaker. Yes, Forest exactly Whitaker that. is an incredible actor. Um, we did like Rain as a first name, which is why we chose it for his middle name. Um, we were playing around with Reese. Um, that list has changed and has been changed deleted and, and a edited a million times. You liked Avery. Ooh, I like that I did name. Like Avery. Yeah. But we've we've selected one, and we're not too sure um, what other people will think. We just know we love it. That's, yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> it's honestly like I I knew as soon as. You text me that you were pregnant. I'm like, this kid's going to have a cool name. <laughs> if nothing else, this kid's going to have a cool name. Oh, we're happy you think it's cool. Oh, hell yeah. That, that kid's going to be so cool, too. People with unique names tend to be unique. Yeah. Well, that was one of the things when it came to naming, right, is, okay, For I feel that for boys it was especially hard because I was trying to imagine a name that, could encapsulate all walks of life. You know, would he be an artist? Would he be an executive? Would he be, you know, uh, what you know, what what kind of life um, mm-hmm. is this person going to have when he's an adult? And what kind of name would be, you know, fitting for that lifestyle? So I wanted something that could be, you know, used in either capacity and also something that didn't come with a really terrible nickname because a lot of boys' names have really bad nicknames tacked oh, like, onto them, like Dick. Right. Like a Richard can becomes a dick, you know. Um, there was... We, I liked Lennon a lot at one Ooh, point. that's a cool name. I liked Lennon a lot at one point, but I didn't like Lenny. We liked Bowie, or I liked Bowie. Yeah. Of course for, you did. For reasons. Um, of course. So it was like, sometimes I could see the name for a toddler. Like, oh, that's such a cute little boy's name. But then I couldn't see it like an for an adult, adult man. Um, so for rebel, you know, I was like, he could be a hockey player. He could be a musician. I like, my name is rebel rain. You know, (laughs) I can like see that on stage. I can also see him being like walking into a boardroom and just owning it, you know, and, or whatever, you know, he chooses to do with his life. I just felt like it was pretty, um, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Pregnancy brain strikes. It's him. It's who he's going to be. That's so cool. Honestly, it's, I'm excited to see who he's going to become. Same. Yeah, same. I, and I'm and, you know, like, and I'm just on the outside looking in. You guys are experiencing it in real time. Yeah. What is, um, Nate, I'll ask you this first. What what initially is your, um, outside of the health of the baby and the mom, what is your biggest fear? Oh, man. <laughs> well, you called it first because safety was my biggest fear. Um, 
I have a little bit of anxiety when it comes to that kind of stuff. So aside from that and making sure all of the stuff is safe, I mean, we have a pool in the backyard I'm looking at right now, you know, and it, there's a lot of little triggering things for that. But outside of the safety stuff, which we can mitigate as parents, um, you know, you just don't know what you don't know. And raising a child in 2023 in America is kind of scary. Ooh. Um, you know, there's a lot that it's like I, I want to I want to expose him to everything and and ex, and shield him from everything at the same time. You know, I'm, I'm afraid of what to expose him to. And then I'm also afraid that I'm, I'm going to do it wrong. You know, I don't know how to raise a, a child. I think I know. I mean, we got a stack of books over there. Right. Mm. I mean, I, I think that, you know, I have an idea of how I want to be a dad, but. It's scary to not know how to parent fully because I'm that sort of prepared. I feel like I, I need to be prepared for every trip we go on and every vacation and every this and every that. And I don't really have a, I don't know, a, a guidebook. There's no stereo instructions that come with this kid. Like, hey, mm. you, want, you want a kid that's going to be rebel reign? Here's the steps. You know, I don't really have mm. that. So um, my biggest fear is just him, I would say, you know, my biggest fear is him not feeling loved. Mm. And I, I know that we're going to dump so much love onto this kid. This kid's um, going to become like an emperor, I swear. I mean, <laughs> Do you remember early on when I was like, will you two please procreate? Like, we need, <laughs> like of yeah. all the people that are procreating on this planet. That don't need to be like we need some really good humans. I think he's gonna he's off he's gonna be off to a good start because mom and dad, um, honestly, we don't care if he identifies as a he. We we don't yeah. care if he wants to go to college or not. We don't care if he wants to live in this country or not. Like we just want him to feel loved and do what he wants to do, right? So I don't even know that I had that, and I definitely didn't have that instilled in me as I was a kid. I mean, I was told, you are this, you are that, your stuff is blue, you're going to college, you know, that that's kind of how it was for me. And I don't want that to be that way for, for Rebel. Yeah. I want him to do what he wants to do, or she, or they. Yeah. What, what is something, Brandy, what is something that you are going to change about the way that you were raised from raising Rebel? Oh, shit. Okay. My my childhood was really inconsistent. Hmm. Um, so, you know, I think many children of split homes could probably agree that, like, finding consistency um, in parenting styles or in expectations um, can feel, you know, just it it's a different way to experience childhood. Um, I also had to grow up really fast. And I was the oldest of, of many siblings. And um, I think that, you know, without being disrespectful to my parents, um, they were very young. Mm -hmm. um, they were 19 when they had me. And I just think that they did the best they could with what they had. 
Um, and there was just a lot of things that I think I didn't understand about mental illness at the time um, that was going on. And so, but also carried a different stigma. Yeah. And, and you know, now when you're a child, yeah. you don't, you don't understand that that's, that's depression or that's something else. You just think, why aren't they showing up to my stuff or why can't they get out of bed or right. why don't they make me eggs in the morning? Like my friend's parents do. Um, and I think it's important to remember, like I, I've said this often on my podcast is like, um, I grew up with, and, and still to this day have a lot of issues with my mom mm-hmm. and, um, and I often talk and now I tell the story. I was like, my mom did not the best job raising me, but she also loved me the best she could. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not to her fault. Um, you know, she, she did her best. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately that left me with, in my siblings with a lot of trauma. Yeah. Um, but also puts me in an interesting place. If I were to ever have kids, I would be like, I know exactly what not to do almost more than Mm -hmm. what to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I guess to Mm -hmm. answer your question pretty directly about what I would change, um, it wouldn't be as like easy to say like, Oh, consistency, because you know, there's going to be lots of things that are fluid in our lives and remain that way. Um, but I would say being able to give him language to identify and, um, feel empowered by the spectrum of emotions that come along with the human journey. Um, You know, I think our parents can instill in us the things that maybe they hoped would be better than them, right? So I heard a lot about being self-sufficient. I heard a lot about being independent, um, not relying on other people for things so that, you know, I, I never had to rely on a man, right? Like these were things that were like really pounded into my head. Um, and there's like duality to everything. So what did I make that mean? Like if I had to rely on people, then I was a failure. If I don't do it on my own, then I'm, you know, I'm not good enough. Right. And that became your story. And that became a story that I carried. And, um, you know, it served me in a lot of ways, um, because I'm fiercely independent, but also it, it, we give gifts to people when we allow them to help and step into our lives. And, um, you know, I didn't do that for a long time in my life. So I think it's really important to me that I'm able to give Rebel um, some framework to be able to identify and speak about um, and even just use simple things like I feel statements or I am statements or, um, you know, yeah, just knowing that it's okay, you know, that whatever whatever comes, um, he'll be able to navigate and that it – you know, that feelings are felt by everybody. So, Mm. yeah. What part of this process has gone by the fastest? Hmm. Probably second trimester, like the encompassing. That's a really, like you said at the beginning, it, it goes so slow, but it also is going so fast. Yeah. There's no doubt that it goes fast because like we're trying to say, we talked about it a while back and we're like, we're not going to have the nursery set up a time. We're not, and she was like, Brandy was like, it's going to go by fast. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, we're going to get the stuff. We're going to paint. It's going to be. We we'll got be, nine we'll, months. We'll have it done by the end of January. We'll have like three months, like before the baby comes, it'll be ready. And I'm looking at that room right now. Like, we don't have our crib yet. We don't have a bunch of shit yet. So there's like, <laughs> we're missing a lot of things. Like, and it's, you, you look at your watch and it's like, wait, hold, whoa, 27 weeks is Monday. Mm-hmm. 27 weeks. And now. I swear it's like, 
yesterday we were at 12 or whatever. Like yeah. it, it really does fly by now. I don't know how it'll be when the, the kid gets here, but the pregnancy part has been pretty fast. And there's, there's little milestones that happen. Like the first kick you feel oh. like that feels like a forever ago now, yeah. but it wasn't, it was pretty recently. I don't know, a few weeks or whatever I can tell that I could feel. I mean, she's been feeling it. <laughs> the first time I could put my hand on her stomach and feel the kick, it's, you know, and so there's little milestones that happen. And I bet you, you mean like capturing it on this podcast, those are the little things that might be easy to forget about. Yeah. Little tiny things that are really meaningful, you know, and we have, little baby books we can write them in and stuff, but, uh, it's flying by. I mean, you know, yeah. Jan- f- February, March, we have three months. We have three, we have 90 days. What's the due date? April 17. April 17. So, you know, like Nate was saying, these milestone things, you know, for him, I think are like you said, first kick first, whatever. I think for me, I joined a bunch of different like pregnancy support groups on Facebook and there are milestones in weeks, right? So 12 weeks is the end of first trimester. That's a celebration. 20 weeks is, you know, halfway through 24 weeks is when you get this specific test done. 28 weeks is when they do this test. So I like have been almost tracking time through like weeks check marks. And I feel like after we got through the 12 week period, it has just flown. And then you can, you know, you can really inundate yourself and overwhelm yourself with checklisting because you know, there's no lack of information or opinion out there about the things that you should be getting right. done and by when you should be getting them done, yeah. um, leading up to the birth of your child. And so the things that, you know, we're quote unquote behind on, are just piling up the faster that this, you know, is going. So I would say maybe you agree the first 12 weeks were um, stressful and maybe lasted a long time because we weren't sure what was going to happen. And we were kind of scared. Every ultrasound was pretty scary uh, because we didn't know if we'd see a heartbeat or not, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's that there was a very anxious, it's anxious for me. I don't know about Brandy, but every time they would bring the screen in, and she, you know, because the ultrasound people aren't really supposed to tell you what they're seeing, right? So a couple of them were like just silent, staring at the screen. And oh, I'm that like, would give me so much anxiety. Can you tell me if my baby's alive, please? And they can't say anything until the doctor comes in. Some of them were like, there's a heartbeat, just because they knew that we were anxious. But those first 12 weeks, I would say, maybe did go by slow but then after that it has been light speed yeah Yeah. we were getting ultrasounds every week too by the way when we first started out and that's very uncommon in pregnancy generally women don't get their first ultrasound until after they're done with their first trimester is what i believe happens Mm -hmm. um so we were from five weeks six weeks seven weeks eight weeks nine weeks ten weeks eleven and so on like every week in that doctor's office um until about 12 and then they were like hey see you see you at 16. see you in a month and we were like what like I think we <laughs> were like anxious about the appointments, but also relied on them to Which like, is normal, I guess. tell us like, oh, he's doing good. You know, you're fine. I would have been on Amazon buying. Oh, I bought an at home Doppler. Yeah, we, we have, have one in the top drawer of my okay, nightstand. I'm, I'm glad we're on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, there's mixed reviews about whether or not you should do it. Um, but we were we've been very fortunate that like we've always found a heartbeat and usually right away. Yeah, so the doctor didn't. warned us like if you're going to use the at home Doppler, just know that it could cause some anxiety if you can't happen to find your baby's heartbeat. Because because you're not a doctor and don't because know you're not to... a doctor yeah, exactly. and because babies move you know yeah. so if it's like over here on the rotate. right side yep. and then like all of a sudden it's not there um but so... it's been actually really nice for us personally do you want to give a life. shout out to that doppler do you know the brand oh i wish i did off the top of my head but i don't it was like 60 bucks Oh, it's best bad. $60 I ever it, spent. It really has been nice for us when she hasn't felt the baby in a while and she has a little anxiety around it. 
we just bust it out and usually we've been able to find it in in the first few seconds oh, that's we really, really cool. it's also a trouble. really cool way to have partners connect because yeah. i used to do it myself and nate would just like listen in but then i started being like no you're you you man the doppler Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's kind of cool to see him play doctor and yeah. try to find heartbeats. <laughs> That's really cool. So I have an interesting question. Let's presume the world doesn't blow up in the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. And now you both are listening to this podcast and it's 2033. What is something you would want to tell yourselves in the future? Listening to this podcast. You go first. You go first. Oh my goodness. Future me. Because you're listening to this right now, and it's 2033. I would want to tell myself that the things that I am stressed about right now aren't real. And to listen to your counselor that you live too far in the future. (laughs) 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 Um, And that it's okay you know um rebel will be 10 years old by then and maybe he is exactly that maybe he's a little rebel maybe he's perfect maybe he's getting on your nerves who knows maybe he's like this beautiful crazy amalgamation of all of it um but you're doing the best you can and you did for those last 10 years that's what i would say yeah i mean kind of ditto for me but uh, that's off the that's hook weak. that's too off the hook yeah so i would say um Oh man, to future, future Nate, twenty thirty three. Um, I can't think of anything else I could have done better now. Um, so, sort of like what Brandy said, um, as far as preparation for baby arrival, you've done everything that you can. You know, give yourself a little pat on the back instead of worrying or stressing about where maybe you went wrong because no one's perfect. And, you know, I beat myself up about that sometimes about other topics. And I would imagine this is going to be the new focus of my life as my son. So I also think you're okay. You did all right. (laughs) There's something that um, now reflecting on it, I've mentioned a few times in conversations to friends um, being in the moment, and maybe I did kind of allude to it when I said don't live in the future, but I think we started this pregnancy out looking so forward to when we had confirmation that things were okay, right? So I can't wait for this milestone, or I can't wait for that milestone, or I can't wait for baby to be born, or I can't wait, I can't wait, I can't wait. And there was at one point where I just really started to enjoy the process of where I am right now and like how freaking cool it is that you know I am where I am right now and that when it's done it's done like that phase will be over and there are things that I'm going to miss about it there are ways that we've connected that you know wouldn't have otherwise existed and that probably won't exist the same way after he's born and so pregnancy is just like this really interesting um, chance to check in with your body and watch it evolve and like have your relationships grow. And, um, I know that it'll continue to grow in different ways, like I said, but yeah, I'm, there's, there are things that I'm going to miss. And so being super, super present, I think is something that I hope I carry 
into every moment of his little life and not wish for like, oh, I can't wait for him to talk or I can't wait for him to walk or like have that mm -hmm. just transfer into the like future based. Yeah. Every parent stuff. I've talked to is, is, you know, tells me they grow up so fast. You know, how many times have people heard that or said that they grow up so fast and, and, you know, we do look forward to the little things that are coming instead of like, you know, it's, it is a good reminder to level set and be present, whether it's now or 10 years from now, whatever rebels up to in 10 years, like, don't think about, wow, what's going to, you know, he's going to be driving soon. He's going to be doing this soon. What, what school is he going to do? Blah, 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 blah. Like, what is he doing today right now today? Like what, you know, what story am I going to read him tonight at, you know, like being present is, is something that I've only recently thought about, I think, um, after Landmark and a few other you know, being married to this one uh, reminds me to be present a lot because I do look forward, I think, in the future a lot and I stress about it a lot. And, uh, you know, I, I reiterate what you're saying. Being present is, is really important. Knuckles. If, <laughs> if Rebel were to be listening to this and you could tell him one thing at 10 years old, I mean, because he has kind of a, a unique spot right now because you guys are recording with it's like a time capsule. This mm -hmm. child developing, mm -hmm. and so he can listen back to when the very genesis, the beginning stages of his life was being created. Mm -hmm. What would you tell him now at ten that he wouldn't know up until that point? That he wouldn't know. Ooh, that that makes it a little harder. Or I mean, it it doesn't have to be yeah. that. But like, you gotta think like, he has a very unique opportunity to peer into the life of both of you before he was here, which people don't usually get mm -hmm. an opportunity to do that. Hmm. I think I would want to make sure that he know because I mentioned before that one of my fears is that he wouldn't feel loved, and I can't imagine how that might happen, but. Um, I would want him to know that no matter what path he takes in his life, who he turns out to be, who he wants to be, who he shows up as, his mom and dad are always going to love him and support him no matter what. And I'm talking mistakes that are going to be made, whatever. We're always going to have his back forever. It's a different kind of love, right, mm. than anything I've ever loved. So, yeah, dude, like, if you're hearing this right now, good job. <laughs> we love you. Keep going. <laughs> you're doing great, and we love and you. And I'm over here, like, rubbing my belly, like, there is a climate crisis. It is real. <laughs> Do not listen to what you hear. You're going to be an advocate. Yes. Mommy's going to find little groups for us to join. You're going to solve things. Yes. <laughs> um, and if you don't, that's okay. <laughs> um, no. I'm like, in the year 2023, this is what was going on, little man. And now you're 10, so <clears throat> sorry about that. Um, sorry. <laughs> you are being born into a very interesting time period in the world, in this country. And, you know, are there worries and concerns about water and things? Yes, there are. Um, but I, I do believe that, um, you know, your dad and I are... Uh, learning as much as we can and trying to do as much as we can to help out. And I, you know, what do I want you to know about us? We live in a small house. It has two bedrooms and a pool. We have a dog. She's a yellow lab. Um, I drive a really interesting 
small car. Your dad drives a Jeep. We both work. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we live fast lives. We try to be healthy. Um, and We have a friend named Mark. We have a friend named Mark. He has a podcast. We travel a lot. We like to hike mountains, and we love nature. And, um, and I'm so excited to meet you. And I have a book that I purchased for you, and it makes me cry to even think about it. Um, and I am going to write you a little note on the cover, and that's, I think, what I really, really hope that you know. And your dad talks to you right through the belly every night, just about every night when we yep. go to bed. And the only other thing I'll say is that throughout your life, I hope that you will be inquisitive and curious and ask questions and don't be satisfied until you get the answers. Um, I think that I didn't maybe ask enough questions as I was growing up. Um, I always thought this is the way you do things. This is the way I'm supposed to do that. Well, push back. Your name's rebel. Ask some questions. Be curious. You know, mm -hmm. you don't have to go with the mainstream just because the other kids are doing it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to. And I think mom and dad are okay with that. Absolutely. Um, the inscription for the book that I am planning to write in is, um, you know what, you read it. <laughs> Mom's going to cry. Mom's going to cry, so I better read this. It's so emotional. Hormones are real. Ugh. To my rebel, you were, this is from mom. You're going to cry. This is from, I'm not going <laughs> to cry. Come on. Okay, maybe I'll cry. We're all crying here. Huh. There's nothing wrong with crying, rebel. You are both my greatest mystery and my deepest knowing. May you choose kindness. May you find strength in asking for help. May you embrace imperfection in all forms. You are loved beyond measure, Mom. Oh, yay. It's perfect. She's, she's, she's crying. See? You're not even here yet, and you're loved so yeah, hard. Yeah. I got a couple more questions for yeah. you guys. Yeah, sure. Because that's, that's actually a great... That's really great. Um, <clears throat> I spent the greater part of this past decade, pretty much right after I met you, unlearning mm. a lot from when I was a child. Um, and still I am in the process of doing that. Um, but I think, and I've thought to myself this many times over the past decade, if I were to have any kids... I would model at least I would model how to love my kids in the same fashion that my dad loved us. Like it was a selfless, um, non-contingent. He, he loved us and I would do that. And my question for you guys is, is there anyone that stands out in your brain that you could say, if, if this person were to model, that is how I would want to love rebel. Is there somebody that stands out? in your brain that that is that for you hmm I mean I was pretty fortunate growing up um, with the way you know my parents met when they were teenagers and they got married and they've been married they've stayed married they're I'm, still married they're yeah That's they're still uncommon. married it is uncommon um, and it's their relationship I would say is also somewhat uncommon they are completely attached to the hip and still their love is almost sickening <laughs> <laughs> I mean they can't really they can't do anything apart from each other mm. so um, you know you talk about um, 
unlearning things. You know, I've had to sort of deprogram some of the things I've learned. But despite the fact that I might disagree with some of their parenting styles and the way that they, you know, raised me, there was never any missing love for me. So I know that I was very fortunate. They, 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 you know, they gushed over me. They were um, amazing parents, um, and I still, I still feel that to this day. You know, we we're family. We fight sometimes and all that, but yeah, I'm the only child. So maybe that plays in a part into it. They didn't have anywhere else really, maybe to dump their love into it. So I know Brandy's story is is uh, way different, and I absolutely recognize my fortune and, and privilege in that but if, it, if if the question is for if that question my portion of that question it would definitely be the only people in my life like that have been my my parents yeah I have um, been really fortunate that like I think the phrase um, of it takes a village really was true in my upbringing um, and so I feel like I got a lot of love from a lot of different places um, yeah, I will say that like the things that I think my mom did really well um, was she did the she was resilient. She was take care of my kids at all costs and whether that meant making choices that kind of were not necessarily to serve herself or make her the most happy. She put herself in the way of making sure that like things were as stable as she could provide for us. Um, my dad was always down for adventure. Like he would wake me up at five in the morning with a flashlight to go pick night crawlers out of the earth to go fishing. Um, so there was a lot of, um, you know, just like getting dirty. Um, that is very much who I am today still. Um, and I'm grateful for those things. But, you know, I think about my aunt, um, who would pick me up and take me to the bookstore and let me pick out a hot chocolate. And like, she'd ask me about the book that I read and, you know, so little things like that. But I think also about my abuela who would pick me up and, take me to San Antonio and we went to Mexico in a Greyhound bus and really instill in me like the, the sense of adventure and travel from a very young age. Um, you know, I think that the unlearning part of that question, um, there I, may, may be a bit of like a perfectionist thing um, that like, I don't, I don't know. That's, that's tough. I think I'm still going to chew on that a little bit. Okay. So, in good fashion, this is going to be a, a time capsule of sorts that you both can listen to and also Ravel can come back and listen to at some point. So we're going to do 20 questions, rapid fire, of what you guys, uh, what like where you stand now, just your knee-jerk reaction of these oh. questions right okay. now okay. To, see how they, to see how they age Let's go. over time. Okay. And what I'll do is I'll go back and forth. So I'll start and I'll, like yeah. one question, one question, so okay. forth, Okay. Um, Nate, tell me something that happened aside from this pregnancy. Tell me something that happened in your life that changed you forever. Uh, um, something that changed me forever. You went on Tinder in 2017. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, obviously, yes. Uh, I met my wife romantically on Tinder. I swiped right on her. And uh, yeah, baby. you can meet online. You can. And, and a music festival sealed the deal. Uh, yeah, yeah, we go down. We saw, okay, Rebel, we went down and saw Roger Klein. If he's still alive, you should check out a show. We saw Roger Klein in Tucson, and mom was crushing some tacos on the curb. 
the first time I'd met her, and I was like, yeah, she's getting these tacos. <laughs> Your mom's a hungry one. She didn't care. She sat down on the curb, on the ground, and just crushed tacos at a Roger Klein show, and I was like, okay, all right. Okay. She's, she's, she's a good one. Okay. <laughs> okay, Brandy, what accomplishment in your life are you most proud of? Um, I am most proud of all the risks that I've taken. And one of them I would say is, yeah, traveling, traveling. choosing to travel and kind of stop my life in the middle of it abruptly and give things up and just go. go. Yeah. Uh, Nate, what's the single most important thing you think is to making a relationship work with somebody? Um, well, I think that I'm going to be a little long-winded with this one. I'm sorry. The most, <laughs> the single most important thing that I think makes a relationship work is being okay with changing yourself. Yeah, um, when I met my wife, Brandy, I think that I thought that I had things figured out pretty good and that I was a great guy and everything. And uh, there is so much room to grow. So I would say that it's not a deep programming thing, but like personal growth is nonstop. It's, it's everyday growth going, you know, therapy is great to go to, you know, have seeing a counselor talking about it. Um, you know, I would say that understanding that you are not done growing is the most important part because you have to grow with your partner. Like, you know, there's compromise and there's sort of the old, you know, there's a lot of cliche answers to your question, I think. Um, but I think that for me personally, um, understanding that I got some room to grow here in this area and uh, I am wrong about this thing probably. Brandy doesn't like right or wrong and I probably shouldn't say right or wrong either, but I need to recognize that I've got problems and that I've got things I can work on and that I can grow. And I would say that for me, in this relationship, this is not rapid fire. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but I need to grow. Opposite. Being able to grow. Okay, sorry. Brandy, you go. Uh, Brand new question. Oh. Yep. Brandy, do you believe in aliens? Yes. What? That was a fair I want that question. Resounding yes. That was way easier than mine. Okay. <laughs> Nate, what is infinity? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> what is infinity? Uh... Infinity. Uh, I, I don't believe in God, but God, uh, something before Alpha and after Omega. I don't know. Okay. I don't know what infinity is. That's a interesting question. It's a tough question to answer. I don't know what Webster says or what you say, but I, I don't. Uh, I have no idea. You Everything. Re you ready? Yeah. What? negative personality trait about yourself or red flag do you wish you could stop or change oh i am so stubborn um i am so stubborn and i think that i over explain and over analyze things quite a bit hmm. nate what do you like most about yourself oh um wow Man, I believe that 
what I like most about myself is that I'm very compassionate, mm. which I think has grown over time for me. Brandy, what one event shaped your life for who you are more now than anything else? Other than getting pregnant? Correct. Um, Everything here is outside of pregnancy. Because it's <laughs> every, qu- answer. every answer is like <laughs> yeah. pregnancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think experiencing the earthquake in Nepal was an enormous sliding door, like glass door moment for me. Um, and for those that don't know, that was the genesis of our friendship. Yeah. Was that earthquake. So that earthquake taking place, but being physically present for a lot of the aftershocks, which growing up in Michigan, like just seismic activity is not really a thing. Um, And so to feel that um, in a very small scale and realize that like what they experienced prior to me feeling that was just so much stronger. And um, yeah, it gave me a lot of perspective. that I didn't have prior and you know it's it's work sometimes to remain in that mindset and carry that through in my everyday and like more of a domesticated normal lifestyle but it did shape my world Hmm. for more on that Netflix I think has that documentary called Aftershock if you want to learn more about the yes 2016 Nepalese or what there's a there's it's, a documentary about there is that. A documentary. Yeah. Oh my gosh! It's specifically about that village that was leveled completely. Gone, wasn't wiped it, off the it's map. in the Gorka region, right? The epicenter mm-hmm. was Gorka. Yeah, yeah. But I think it, that it, this village yeah. was Kumbu, though, because that, that's that's where I went to do the um, humanitarian work. Was right, the, was the Gorka region. Yeah. Wow, I don't even remember the names of the villages that I went to. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay, Nate, you ready? I guess. What do you want to be remembered for? I want to be remembered for being the dad of the coolest son in the world. That's so lame. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's legit, though. I'm okay with being remembered as that that one guy's dad. You know, because that means that you know that he's, one guy did stuff. That guy, that guy's cool. People like him. He did something. Yeah. Uh, Brandy, what is the worst or hardest thing you've ever been through? Mm. There are definitely moments throughout, I think, every phase of my life where there was, like, a, a thing that was, like, significant and hard. Um, but the hardest thing I've ever been through, I think, was coming to terms with and trying to compartmentalize um, my mother being schizophrenic mm, and tough. kind of losing who I knew of her, mm. um, like, a core relationship, right? Um and just all of the fray that comes off of that and still does. Hmm. Yeah. Nate, who is the most, most important person in your life right now? Obviously, it's Brandy. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Little, little, little BB Rubble. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's honestly, I lo- I'm going to love my son, but uh, it's, it's Brandy right now. That's, that's, a, fair, that's a fair answer. Uh, Brandy, if you could go back and tell your eight-year-old self anything, what would it be? 30 years. Oh, my eight-year-old self. Um, geez. 
I don't know. Don't kiss boys with cold sores. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. Gross. Good one, though. <laughs> I just remember there was this boy on the playground I had a crush on, and he always had a cold sore. And oh, no. I didn't kiss him, but... <laughs> Yeah. I've never seen her with a cold sore, <laughs> for the record. I don't know. A lot of things. Jeez. Um, you know, everything from, like, the, it's going to be okays to, like, ask the questions that you're wondering instead of trying to make the assumptions about it. Stop watching so much damn TV. Um, it's okay that you have your nose in the books. Keep doing it. Um, you know, things like that. Hmm. Uh, Nate, do you believe in any interesting conspiracies? Conspiracies. Um, <clears throat> well, I certainly believe that uh, JFK was not killed by Lee Harvey Oswald. So that's one. Um, no one believes that anymore. Yeah. I mean, there's no way he could have done that. I'd say that's probably the most interesting one. Honestly, like I, I do not subscribe to too many conspiracy theories that is more brandy's realm excuse me don't call me up because i do not i mean i don't think i do okay 9-11 was an inside job excuse okay. me i did not say that you some did. documentary said that <laughs> yeah, and i said right. hmm that's an interesting theory <laughs> no she's the more conspiracy theory no. just for the record i don't think 9-11 was an inside job but it definitely just wasn't a bunch of terrorists. So, I, I don't. <laughs> I'm I sitting with two know. conspiracy theorists right I'm here. I'm saying for sure. I don't know what it is. Oh. I, what I am saying is, it's not what they say it is. That's Who's they? Those that want us them? to believe. Ooh. The the probably, puppet master. Probably the media. I mean, let's be real. The media is controlled by pharmace- pharmace- pharmaceutical companies, anyways. I hope in ten years it's not the same people running the be. media. It will be. Uh, Brandy, you have to pick one of these three. A, you have $25 million, but you're the most unattractive person alive on the planet to the point that plastic surgery cannot even fix it. B, you're the most attractive person, but you're dumb as a box of rocks. C, you've accomplished all your dreams and goals by the age of 60, but the moment you turn 60, you develop Alzheimer's and you live till you're 100 years old, not remembering anything, including who you are or the accomplishments you've achieved. Jeez. Not the last one because yeah. that's honestly if you if I would have got got the question what's my greatest fear and I actually had time to prepare for it that is Alzheimer's. on the list Alzheimer's. yeah not remembering my life um, is a fear so not that one so either having twenty five million and being the most unattractive person to where plastic surgery can't fix it or be super attractive but as dumb as a box of rocks I would rather have the twenty five million dollars mm-hmm. and be ugly as sin because. I mean, I'm beautiful I would still on love the you. inside, baby. I would I'm beautiful still love on the inside. Money makes people attractive. You know, <laughs> I I don't want to be dumb. Yep, you Period. just don't want to be ugly and poor. I mean, <laughs> double whammy. Well, I was going to be beautiful and, Welcome and dumb, to my life. but no. <laughs> okay, I here we go. Uh, Nate, do you consider yourself smarter than your friends? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And way less humble about it. <laughs> I don't know how so else to answer. I get. I could have so sugarcoated that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, everyone's smart in their own way. And people know whatever. Yes, oh, that's, that's, that's fucking funny. Uh, Brandy, have you seen the movie Saw? A long time ago. Yes. Any thoughts? <laughs> I'm glad it's movies. over. Yeah. Oh, it's such an interesting psychological thriller. I love it. It's. Brilliant in the ways. Never mind. Okay. That should have been my question. Uh, <laughs> Nate, do you believe America is the greatest country in the world? No. 
that was I didn't finish the question. No. Oh, sorry. In the world, go. Oh. No. Oh, okay, that's easy. Uh, Brandy, how many people do you think will show up to your funeral? Oh. I think forty-six people will show up to my funeral. Damn, hmm. that's a lot. I was like, I'm aiming for like double digits. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, forty-six is double digits. Yeah, I'd like ten to twelve. If I hit like twelve, it'd be great. <laughs> I'm gonna call it like when they listen to this in fifty, sixty years. There's gonna be more than twelve people at your. Am I? Yes. Yeah. yeah, but I'm going to be buried at sea, though, so we'll see. Oh, we'll, see well are we going to shoot a fiery arrow? If you make it all difficult to go to your funeral. <laughs> last <laughs> last two questions. Nate, uh, what's the most painful thing you've ever been told? The most painful. Go there. I don't love you anymore. Woof. That was my ex-wife. That's tough. Yeah, not a great thing to hear. <laughs> That's tough. Proud of you. Love you. Love you too. <laughs> Thank you for saying you love me. <laughs> Brandy, final question. If this were to be our last conversation, what is something that you'd want me to never forget? You are enough. Jeez, oh, That's easy. That's an easy one. Guys, thank you. It's been an hour and 19 minutes. Okay. And this has been a lot of fun. It was fun. Thank you. I love you, baby. <laughs> oh, we love you, Rebel. We love you too, Mark. Love you guys. Thank you so much for coming, allowing me to fly down to your state and have so much fun. This is a blast. You're welcome thank anytime. You. And I'm excited to do an episode in like a year and a half when... <laughs> when Rebel is one and we can talk about screaming, one. dog nails clacking, <laughs> all, gonna be all the chaos. Yeah, sure. Episode called Chaos. Chaos, that's awesome. Diaper changing. We can go over that. Oh, that's awesome. Thanks, guys. Love you guys. Love you too. Bye, everybody.